From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for February 11th, 2009. I'm John Magi, and I'll be your host this week. Pete Werner is currently in California with Walter Eccles, and they will be back with us next week. Um, Pete's planning on calling in from California a little later in the show, so he's going to have some information for us on the changes to the small world attraction out there, and as well as whatever he feels like sharing with us. I'm joined in the studio by our Orlando team. Will Perry, Kathy Whirling, Teresa Eccles, Corey Martin, and Kevin Close. On this week's show, Teresa Eccles has a review of the Cubs Den, which is the kids' club in the Wilderness Lodge. Kathy Whirling is going to tell us about the new Kim Possible interactive experience at Epcot. And Will Perry and Kathy Whirling are going to share with us their thoughts on the Backstage Magic Tour. All that plus Roundtable Rapid Fire on this week's show. Before we get started with the news, I have a little housekeeping I want to talk about. Um, we just did a major deposit for Give Kids the World. We just did a uh, um, processed a whole bunch of payments for T-shirts, and our current total is seven thousand three hundred thirty nine dollars and thirty four cents. Wow! Wow! So we're doing really well with that. Um, if everybody pays who has ordered shirts, we'll be over the ten thousand dollar mark. So send in your checks, and let's get over that mark. Um, we've got a lot of questions about: Are we going to stop selling? T-shirts once we sell out? The answer to that is no. As a matter of fact, we've sold out of one of our sizes already. We sold out of the large size. And so. the extra mediums. The extra mediums. <laughs> there were extra mediums? No. <laughs> That's what I The wear. chubby petite. <laughs> so if you ordered a large, it's going to be a little late getting to you, but we're going to place another order for shirts. So uh, everyone, just keep your orders coming in. And the other thing we're about thinking about doing is... Um, arranging to have a pickup for the podcast cruise. So if you guys are thinking about ordering them but you're not sure and all that stuff, we may be able to work out a system where we do a you place your order and you pick them up for the podcast. Hey, wait a minute. Is that, they're not going in my luggage, are they? Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> you're bringing children. You're bringing your own Sherpas. They can carry your stuff on the cruise. Um, anybody else any, have any housekeeping? Say something, Corey. It's good. Corey's back this week. Oh, Speak. yeah. I'm back. Yeah. It's weird to be back. You know, it's uh, this will be the longest I've been away from Ferris since he was born. So let's see if I can make it through. <laughs> yeah. It's good, though, man. It's good to have you back. Yeah. Corey smells like baby food and puke. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> Thought that was Will. <laughs> hey. How's Julie doing? She's doing great. We're, we're both enjoying it. It's a, definitely a lifestyle change. We, uh, but we're loving, loving every second of it. I got to tell you, the best invention in the world is the baby Bjorn. Those little... Uh, holders that you, you see people walking around the parks with. Oh, it's great. I can email people while holding the baby. It's, it's water the grass. Cool, yeah. <laughs> Hold his head up. It's, it's good. Excellent. Anybody else have any housekeeping they want to talk about? Kevin's back. Oh. Yay. Yeah. It's not a big deal for me. <laughs> <laughs> I see him every freaking day. Okay. Kind of over me. <laughs> really. I am back. I'm very, very happy to be here. He's laying flat on his stomach. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't have to do that anymore. He's in, he's in uh, Corey's baby born or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you all wouldn't have wanted to be around me at that time. I was not a, a pleasant person to be around. I can't imagine. I, I laid on my stomach just to see what it was like for a while and it drove me crazy. Well, uh, I found I could either lay on my stomach or breathe. 
<laughs> I couldn't do both at the same time. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I learned to lay on my side with my face into the uh, mattress. And, <clears throat> and sit. He sat with like a whole bunch of pillows on his lap and his face down in the pillows. Was- and I would. I would sit face down and... It gets old after a while. And yeah. Everybody around you thinks. I mean, if you sit with your head in your hands facing the ground, that's like the stereotypical position to, you know, something's wrong. I got to the point where I got screaming at people, there's nothing wrong. I swear there's nothing wrong. Leave me alone. I just wasn't, I wasn't a happy camper that week. I'm, I'm better now. Good. Excellent. All right. If there's no more housekeeping, uh, let's do the weather before we move on to the news. Uh, it's beautiful here in Orlando, and it pretty much sucks wherever you are. <laughs> so, <laughs> you can move on to the news. <laughs> um, actually, it is really beautiful here. Um, it's been in the upper 70s, low 80s during the day. But we uh, had a, lo- a couple of days of really cold weather for Florida. We did. We had the hard freeze the other night. Mm-hmm. But the next uh, week is going to be really nice, and I think the only prediction for rain is next weekend. So. We have a nice family of dead plants in our backyard, thanks to the freeze. Nice. Oh, yeah. really oh, you I didn't cover too. them up? I did, but a day too late. <laughs> <laughs> no, our, all our Doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was bad. I have piles of dead leaves everywhere. Oh. All our plants are in the house. Everything was brought in. Yeah, I saw that. Kelly oh, that's right. them all in. <laughs> it's like a jungle. My mom has a couple of um, palm trees that she got for Mother's Day or birthdays or whatever that have been planted for many many years and we take king size sheets and go out and wrap up the top of them the fronds of it so we have these uh dr seuss trees out in front of our house <laughs> for a little while so if you're planning a trip here this week you're going to have some really nice weather i think we're about to see that really great weather that florida's famous for all right let's move on to the news uh first news story is walt disney company reports disappointing quarterly earnings um big quarterly earning report has been issued and um, I'm not going to go into all the details I thought I'd hit the highlights overall overall revenue down 8% and net income off 32% for the quarter theme park operating income was off 24% on a 5% decline in attendance at Walt Disney World and Disneyland Occupancy, occupancy rates in Orlando and Anaheim was off Single digits to 85%. They were running about 90%. Previously, they are at 85%. Lower advertising revenue at ESPN and lower advertising res- revenue at ABC also contributed to the poor quarterly earnings. And one of the things that the, that uh, my, that uh, Bob Iger was talking about, uh, which I found fascinating, was they had a really big decrease in the DVD sales hmm. from quarter to quarter. And some people attributed that to, you know, well, you just don't have a movie that people want to buy. You know, at one point they had Pirates of the Caribbean out and uh, Wally comes out. But, you know, they don't have a good movie out every time. But you had an interesting theory on this, Kevin, with the DVDs. Well, people also, I mean, for instance, they're putting out Mary Poppins with a 45th anniversary edition. And... I love Mary Poppins, but they five years ago they had a 40th anniversary edition, and there's nothing new on the 45th anniversary edition other than another scene from the Broadway play. And I mean, 
I have the 40th edition, but who's stupid enough then to go out and buy the 45th edition? It seems that they're trying to... Recycle their old crap. Recycle their old crap with some big pizzazz. And if you're not going to add anything new to it, I mean, what's the point? The other thing is, I have a feeling that downloading is affecting it. The other thing I think is affecting it is DVDs are more durable than tape. And what's happening is families are buying a copy. And the, the, the thing was always seven to ten years. Every, every seven to ten years, there's a new generation of little kids who want the movie. It seems to me that they're being handed down, that you know, new copies aren't being sold. I still have my original. I do, too. I mean, Max was little or whatever it was. Right. Oh, forever. Now, they do, have, uh, they do increase their sales based on new technologies, like Blu-ray has become very popular. So they're able to resell their titles in Blu-ray. But again, you know, you think, I've already got it in this format. What do I need to go out and buy it in Blu-ray for? Do any of you here have a Blu-ray player? No. 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 So I, Pete I mean, does. Uh, yeah, Pete does? has one in every room, including the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, it's, you know, we all went from album to cassette to 8-track to right. DVD. It's like, enough, stop. Oh, 8-tracks. Remember 8-tracks? I do. You don't, do you? No, I don't. Sorry. The, the best thing about 8-tracks was when they would switch tracks in the middle of a song. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> or your, oh, yeah. your car is just full of shoeboxes full of 8-tracks. Yeah, they weren't very poor. They were, no. you know, they were kind of big. But a, lot of, a lot of the media nowadays is digital distribution, kind of like you said, with Netflix. And, I mean, it's streaming everywhere now. So going to Blockbuster or even buying the hard copies is kind of obsolete. I mean, like people with their Apple TVs, you know. You don't even have. You don't even mess with the disc anymore. You know? Well, I just bought some wires. I forget what they're called from Apple, but it hooks your iPod up. To I'm sorry, you bought some wires. I, just... I did. They're, they're, I don't know what they're called. They're AV wires. I don't know. There's a special name for them, and they're expensive. But you hook your iPod up to your television. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's I any mean, any TV. Yep, any TV with an AV input. Those little mm-hmm. buttons, red, yellow. RCA jacks. That's out to my RCA TV. jacks, right. Yeah. That's cool. I didn't, I didn't know that. And the then, nice thing about that is, I'm sorry, Kathy, the nice thing about that is if we want to go on a cruise, all TVs now have those inputs. So you could take movies with you on a cruise and put them right into the TV. Okay, the you just room. answered my question. I'm like, cool. why would you need to do that? But that answers it. I you really, can. Right. <laughs> Well, I I bought a bunch of movies because I could sit and hold my iPhone with my okay. head down. Oh, that's right. So okay. I watched a couple of movies over the course of a week, literally right here in front of me. And you don't want to spend $10 on the download and then have, you know, I don't have a, a regular copy of it. So I would like to be able to watch it on the TV. So, yeah, so you could put cool, it... Then. Can it reverse and you put a movie in your DVD player on the TV and it come to your iPhone? No. Or just the other way? There are programs you can buy that allow you to take the movie from a DVD and put it into format for your iPod. Right. But you can't go directly through that route to do it. But I think this is more for portability. Like I said, you can load this up with a ton of movies. You can go to a Disney resort. You can go on the cruise and then put a movie in. You know, going back to the DVDs, there are a lot of cheap ways out there. You know, Netflix is one, and then they have these red boxes, right? At like gas stations and Walmart, where you yeah, can rent. Packed, uh, dude, the line was crazy. We, we went to return one. Julie's parents were in town. They brought them with them from uh, Louisiana and went to go drop it off at the little red box. There was a line wrapping around Walmart. You rent these things for a dollar. Yeah. It's like a dollar a day. It's a dollar a day. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't know what it is, it's basically a vending machine. 
and they're in stores now, and you can go and you rent your movie from them, and so you can return them anywhere. Yeah, you can like, return them to, at any in, uh, Redbox. That's incredible, and they're cheap. Unlike Blockbuster, you had to go back to your original Blockbuster. Right. Well, the other thing is now you can rent movies through iTunes. You rent oh. a movie, and you have what is it? Thirty days to watch it. Thirty but days when, to watch it, and twenty four hours to finish it. So if you start it, and you have to pause it, and you have twenty four hours to finish it. And it's two ninety nine, and there's nothing to return. Right. Oh wow. And Blockbuster, have you been to Blockbuster lately? They're up like to four fifty a, a movie. Yeah. I see Blockbuster is one of the ten companies they say may not make it through Price. next year. Yeah. I believe it. I think it's all going to it's digital its course, yeah. digital distribution. You know. So Disney has to find a way to make some revenue off of their movies, I guess. But I think they're pretty good about that. They've already teamed with Apple and put their whole library on Apple. So they'll figure a way. They will. Um, our second story is, along the same lines, worsening economy hits Orlando theme parks. In order to offset losses due to the recent economic downturn, Orlando area theme parks are laying off workers and cutting back on shows and attractions. Disney recently offered a buyout package to 600-plus employees company-wide, with about half of those being offered to Walt Disney World managers. Universal Orlando has announced they have let 70 employees go as well. The, the positions are described as management-level positions in the administrative and support areas of the resort. Universal reports that the layoffs will not affect any future projects such as Rip Ride Rocket Roller Coaster, which is planning to open in spring 2009, or the Wizarding World of Harry Potter section of Islands of Adventure due to open sometime in 2010. Universal Orlando has announced the temporary closure of their Fear Factor live show as well as reduced hours at some other attractions across its two-park resort in cost-cutting steps forced by the nation's troubled economy. The Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando has already cut back performances of its Fantasmic show as well as, well as other live-action shows, although the company has not reported these as cost-cutting efforts. Um, because of personal reasons, we haven't been in the parks in a while. But I know, Kathy, you go a lot. Mm -hmm. What do the parks look like these days? I mean, it I thought they looked pretty crowded, except Saturday when we were over at Epcot. Um, it didn't look as crowded as I've seen it in the past, but it still had a pretty decent amount of people there. You know, maybe it just depends on what day of the week, but it still looks pretty crowded to me. I think we've seen a lot of Disney do a lot of effort to keep people coming back. They've extended this uh, buy four, get three package through August now. So that's a good enticement to get people to come and stay in their resorts. But, you know, they're doing everything they can to really increase their bottom line. They let 300 managers go or they've offered packages, buyouts of 300 managers. Um, from what I understand, though, these packages were pretty juicy. Really? I was wondering about that. Because that, that's Russian roulette. You're playing with your, your job, your career. You know, do I take this and maybe I won't get fired or laid off? Or do I stick around? Or, what? you know, you've got this, this lump sum of money and this this extension of benefits for a short period of time. Can you find a job in this economy? Right. What do you do? Did you hear who accepted it? Because I know that deadline was up the other day and I never heard how many of them accepted that. I haven't heard a solid number. I can only tell you what I've heard through my hairdresser. <laughs> He's not joking. I'm not joking. I go to I go to T Bone. He cuts my hair. Gossip. <laughs> the guy and, who cuts his hair's name is T Bone, and he uh, he happens to know Disney managers. He actually used to work for Disney. He did hairstyling for the wigs 
for okay. uh, many of the cast. That explains your hair. Doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's got that Cinderella swoop today. And he said that, that's where I found out that the packages are actually juicy, and they said everyone he's talked to is going to take it. Hmm. Because they're fearful that they're going to be laid off anyway. So they figure I might as well get it and take it. But what do you do? You can't go to Universal. They're laying people off. You know, where do you go? Hmm. It is a tough decision, that's for sure. And finally, I thought our third news story should be a little bit happier since we've had two depressing stories in a row. Uh, Disney receives accolades. The Disney company has received several prestige honors for their parks, resorts, and cruise line. Disney Cruise Line has recently named the top large cruise ship experience by the readers of Condé Nast Traveler magazine in the ninth annual Reader's Cruise Poll. Winners were determined by a survey of more than 11,000 participants who rated 400 ships. Specific criteria included staterooms, activities, service, design and layout, dining, itineraries, and shore excursions. Condé Nast Traveler Cruise Spa Readers Poll also ranked the spas aboard Disney Cruise Line in the top five best spas at sea. Travel and Leisure Magazine ranked four Disney Resort hotels on its annual list of the 500 best hotels in the world. Three Walt Disney World hotels made the list, Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge, Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa, and Disney's Wilderness Lodge. The Grand Californian Hotel and Spa in Disneyland also won recognition for its quality and sophistication. The Walt Disney World Resort was recently selected as the best theme park by Travel Trade Magazine in their first ever Reader's Choice Awards. More than 3,000 travel agents from the U.S. voted, with agents citing overall professionalism, attention to detail, and service as top reasons for choosing Walt Disney World Resort. In addition, travel agents also said that Disney goes above and beyond for them for their clients. So even though Disney seems to be cutting back, it doesn't seem to be affecting either their quality or people's perception of their quality. That's good. I mean, these are across the board, all across their product lines, they're receiving these awards. So I guess it's good to know that people aren't seeing this as a negative, that these aren't impacting their, mm-hmm. their experience with us. Let's just hope that that continues. Um, anybody have anything they want to say? No. Congratulations, Disneyland. <laughs> it won Best Theme Park. I mean, other than Disneyland, what competes? You know? I was trying to think of it like a cruise line that would compete. Oh, Royal Caribbean and, and um, Celebrity. Celebrity and Disney always go at it for the top of the yeah. Condé Nast list. <laughs> That's actually the biggest of the three awards that they've gotten. Yeah. Because they're always in the top five. But to get number one, that's a pretty big award. It's nice to know that all of us that are addicted to Disney cruises, you know, we came in as number one. That's that's good. <laughs> well, good for them, yeah. And their spas getting top honors. That's really good, too. So good going, Disney, I guess. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to rapid fire since nobody wants to comment on my news stories. Who wants to go first? I'll go since it's been a month. <laughs> I, I'm reaching again. I have this week in Disney history, so I pulled a few out. Um, February 9th, 1986, the 3D film Magic Journeys closes at Epcot. February 9th, 1996, Disney Institute opens at the Walt Disney World Resort. Grand opening, grand closing. <laughs> <laughs> February 9th, 2006, the Walt Disney Company re- regains the rights to Oswald the Lucky Rabbit from NBC and Universal. 
February 10th, 1960, the stagecoach attraction closes at the Disneyland Park. Boy, this isn't a good week for Disney, is it? Oh, no. <laughs> well, maybe it gets better on the, on the 15th. February 13th, 1988, Expo Robotics opens at Epcot. And look, these are edited. There was like a list of 15 here, and I'm just pulling out the ones that pertain to theme parks. <laughs> February 13th, 1996, the GM Test Track Preview Center opens at Epcot. What date was that? February 13th, 1996. And what date did Test Track actually open? I don't know. (laughs) This is the preview center. It opened in like 2002. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, February 14th, 2007, Valentine's Day, the Walt Disney World Resort launches the Disney Honeymoon Registry. February 15th, 1899, Lillian Bounds, Walt Disney's wife, is born. February 15th, 1950, Walt Disney Pictures releases Cinderella. February 15th, 1999, Cali River Rapids opens at Disney's Animal Kingdom. And that is This Week in History. That's cool. Wow. Mm. Some very exciting stuff in there, huh? (laughs) That's one of of the things that make you go, "Mm." Mm. (laughs) Kevin, how about you? Do you have a rapid fire for us? Yes. Manta, the new roller coaster at SeaWorld, will open at the end of May of this year. That is true. Cool. May 22nd. I believe the schedule opening date. I think we just stole Teresa's rapid mm-hmm. fire. Yeah, stole it right away from mm-hmm. me. Um, one of the things that they were saying was they really wanted to get this out before the summer. So good for it's them. The first one is supposed to be flying through the air. You lay on your belly. You're actually going to, for understand, you're going to load standing up oh, really? in a standing mm-hmm. position, and then they're going to move you into. Um, horizontal position as you are riding in the underbelly of they the manta That's a perfect hey, position for you, you Kevin. You can do that after your eye surgery. <laughs> it's called the retina reattachment ride <laughs> in SeaWorld. I think and they, they spray drops in your eyes. As you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they I'm with on Kathy this. on this one. There's not enough money in the uh, world. Are you going, Will? Oh, yeah. no, I'll yeah. go and take Will's picture. Awesome. Grace is waiting for it. She's <laughs> chomping yeah. at the bit. For that. They did say though that um, people. They said children, but I thought of because the queue line supposedly goes through aquariums. Um, that's like the shark encounter. So that there's a lot to see in the queue line. I'm just wondering, you know, where that chicken exit is because yeah. I'm not going to wind my way all the way through and then go, hey, you got a ride now. Because I'm the chicken of the sea. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. Yes, nope. what I, I understand, too, is that the queue is supposed to be fantastic. So they said at the very least take the kids through the queue. I'm sure they'll have a chicken exit This right little there. drawing of the little manta flying through the water just terrifying. You guys should have to do no, this. That's cool. This should be a requirement no. for you, too. I told Pete when I started doing this that I don't do roller coasters and <laughs> things like that. So I made a disclaimer. I think you should it. go to Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. There you go. Well. The Diz Unplugged Heart Attack Edition. <laughs> <laughs> For my rapid fire, I have that uh, we've heard from Disney Cruise Line that they're going to change one of their itineraries for one of their cruises. It's the May 3rd uh, cruise. And the reason for the itinerary change is that as part of the Disney Dreams giveaway promotion, one family was awarded the ultimate prize, exclusive use of Disney's private island for a day. So it wasn't that the itinerary change that I thought was cool, but the fact that somebody actually won that and they get to use Castaway Key for a day. All by themselves? Like Castaways or what? I believe there's going to be support people on the island, and there'll be food. Just leave them there. Ginger, Miriam, the professor. (laughs) But my daughter said, what do they do? Do they pull the ship up, and then they tender the people off, and they say to everybody, like, no, 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 I get the island, and you don't? Like, how are they going to – are these people going to be 
the island shipped is, over? The island is actually closer than you think to Florida. I believe that they can probably take a boat. Okay, so they're over. not like going to be on the magic or the wonder, and they just drop them off there. I would doubt and make that. everybody yeah. else stay well, on the show. Yeah, yeah, that's what she was saying. Like, and I says, "No, I can't imagine." Well, the other question that. too is, what's the other part of that giveaway? Is the other part of that giveaway a cruise, where maybe they go on a cruise, get dropped off, and then the next cruise comes back and pick them up? What do you do with that whole island by yourself? I mean, it's there, there are workers there, <laughs> so you can't like just walk around naked like you're on cast. Is know? it with your family? Well, that's an everyday thing. I'm like. You walk around naked every day. No, no, no. <laughs> no, you put. You know, you're with your family every day. Do you want to really be on an island with them all? <laughs> I, I bet there's. Uh, is cast that the members. first place your head went? Yes. Well, you think of island naked. You know, no, that was him. I had, I all I was thinking is that means I get the hammock. I think like honeymoon. You know, that's a. Well, that would be nice. I figure they have something special planned for them, not just, hey, here's the island for the day. I mean, do you put it's, towels on your like seats survivor. to try to reserve them? You know, no, these are my seats. <laughs> these are my chairs. Disney survivor. It's, it's a big island to have by yourself. Think they'll open up cookies? Barbecue? <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have a rapid fire? <clears throat> I do. Um, I guess during the Super Bowl, there was a uh, Universal had a commercial going, and they were giving away free seven-day tickets. Um, I wasn't lucky enough to catch it and get one. I don't know if any of you guys were, but I guess, did you get one? I have a beef about that, but... I was too involved in the game. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Who won? Who won, Kevin? Pittsburgh. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you weren't lucky enough to get uh, to win that, there's this promotion, it's, it's not a seven-day ticket. The promotion's still going on, though. Um, you can win a free one-day Ticket to Universal through the end of February. If you go to universalheroes.com, um, it's full page dedicated. You can enter right there. So I'll put the link in the show notes, but it's universalheroes.com, and you can win a free ticket to Universal. I got entered into the sweepstakes, but then I never got my email like everybody else did that said that you know, my daughter won the ticket. And I thought that, you know, that was weird because I signed up way before a lot of these other people did. So I just wonder how they handled all that. Mm-hmm. Check your junk mail. I saw your name. Oh, I, oh, I, I tried all that. And, you know, <laughs> I thought it would have been nice if they would have had a way on the website to, to check that you did win. So I'm just hoping that maybe the email got lost and that ticket will show up at my house. But who knows? I don't know. It sounds like everybody else, from what I'm getting online, is a lot of people already got them. I know. And I didn't get mine. <laughs> We've actually had a lot of agents get their tickets, or actually won. So hmm. it's a pretty good marketing thing yeah kind of like denny's free breakfast right yeah did you see the line for that here i heard on the radio yeah (laughs) oh man (laughs) um i also have this week's uh velvet sessions headliners nelson you guys ever heard of these guys Mm -hmm. yeah okay is that the brothers yeah the two brothers okay Okay. the 26 ricky nelson's sons the funny thing about them is if you go on a royal caribbean cruise they are apparently the godfathers of one of the ships (laughs) and there's a channel that is dedicated to them 24 hours a day. Right? The Ricky Nelson channel. And they, okay. they play them being on the ship and all this Do stuff. they still look the same with the long hair? And the- no, yeah. they actually have short cropped oh, hair. And- huh. Do they have enough songs to last 24 hours? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Ricky Nelson? Oh, no. Ricky Nelson might. No, know. the channel is more like the, the Nelson family. The Nelson oh. family and the TV okay. show and them coming on the ship. And oh, dedicated it's the TV Aussie. show. That's cool. They'll also be at the Flower and Garden Festival. Wow. Hmm. They're always there. Cool. Well, there you go. Excellent. <laughs> For your Nelson fans. 
both of you. <laughs> Kathy, you have something for us? I have uh, Disney honor, Honors Randy Pausch. He's the, um, the author of the last lecture. If you saw it, he recently died of pancreatic cancer. But Disney um, honored him February 4th at Magic Kingdom. And at the ceremony, Bob Iger was here, and they awarded two university fellowships in his name. And they're going to have at Carnegie Mellon University, which is in Pittsburgh, where I'm originally from, they've got two graduate students, one in computer science and one in fine arts, can win the uh, fellowship, or will get the fellowship. And Mrs. Pausch and her three children uncovered a plaque in Randy's honor, and it's located near the Mad Tea Party. It said the ride was a family favorite. The plaque is engraved with a quote from Randy. Be good at something. It makes you valuable. Have something to bring to the table because that will make you more welcome. So if anybody wants to know more about Randy Pausch, visit www.thelastlecture.com. I thought his story was rather inspirational, and I think everybody can learn something from it. Good yeah. quote, too. Mm-hmm. He, when he, he was an Imagineer, too. Mm-hmm. That's the motto we have for the round table. Bring something to the table or else get out. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa, did you have by yes, chance? Manta, have Manta, that's all I had, sorry. You don't have a backup <laughs> round table? I have a final? backup. Oh man. Unbelievable. I brought nothing to the table. Good thing Pete's not here. <laughs> You're not welcome, Teresa. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> all right. Well let's move on. We have uh Teresa's gonna talk to us about the Cubs Den, which is a kids program, a kids club in Wilderness Lodge. And part of her ongoing series of reviewing all of the kids' clubs at Walt Disney World. So what do you have for us, Teresa? All righty. We decided to do the Cubs Den because um, Walter and Pete were staying at Wilderness Fort. Fort Wilderness. Fort Wilderness. (laughs) (laughs) With Will. They were at Wilderness Lodge and they made a fort out of their pillows. They did. It was cool. In their room. They shot paper wads at each other. Okay. It was creepy. Anyway, um... So the night we all went to the hoop-de-doo, we decided to take Stella over there. We'd made the reservation the day before. Um, Pete and I took her over there about 5.30, dropped her off. And literally, when we walked in the door, I lost her. She went in, and she never looked back. This was by far the most extensive toy collection I have ever (laughs) seen. Um, While I was checking her in, one of the caregivers got her uh, choice for dinner, we were there maybe 10 minutes, maybe not even 10 minutes, and we walked out. They did have a really cool outside play area. It was like an enclosed sand pit where they could play in the sand. Where is this located in the This resort? is at, um, oh, like when you go in the front, you go to the right down this long hallway off to the side. It's like you're headed over towards the villas. Towards the DVC yes. properties. Right. And it's just a little nook. I didn't even know it's there until you, unless you're looking for it. And it's just really nice. She had a good time. We rushed back to get her um, because we were late from the hoop de doo review. And she was the only one left. It was about midnight. And they had the coolest little, um, like, flip chairs that you fold out. They turn into little beds. They had one laid out for her with a little sheet and pillow if she wanted to lay down and watch movies or something. Hmm. But um, she's... This is the best one for her so far. Really? But I, and I asked her, I said, why, you know, each one you go to is better than the one before. And it just hap- it's happening that way. I think Disney's got it down, and they know, you know, what toys to put in there. And it's just, she had a really good time. Um, and I noticed in all of them, all of them have an older caregiver and a younger caregiver. So it makes you feel good that there's someone supposedly more experienced in there. 
both men, both women this time. Both women this time. They did arts and crafts, so she brought nothing home. She said some other little kid took her craft home. (laughs) (laughs) It was so good. (laughs) They took my art. Yes. They're not eBay. But um, she had a good time. Once again, we were given the pink slip to pick her up when we couldn't get in the back in the door without that. I did not like that the door was not locked on this one. We just walked in without no no knocking or anything. Hmm. So that kind of threw me Hmm. off. That is odd. That was kind of... Because it's an outside door. And... You know, Pete said that, well, the people are right there. But still, I, I kind of like that locked door, you know, when you go to pick up your kid. Can the kids get out if the door's not locked? Can they just wander out? I can assume they probably could, but I'm hoping they wouldn't. Ooh. I mean, because she was fully engaged playing the whole time. But she was ready to leave because it was pushing midnight. And she probably still lock those doors, though, I think. I, I think so. For safety. Yeah. How many kids were in there when you dropped her off? Um... Seven or eight. Okay. It was 11, she was 50. the last one. To be- she was the last one to be picked up. We were told that the little boy before her left about 30 minutes ahead of her. But she was playing. You know, there were still two caregivers, you know, right up to the last minute. And uh, she had a good time. Did you have to make uh, reservations for this or did you just? We did. We made reservations the day before. Oh, that's good. And uh, there was plenty of room. And something different we did this time, um, we put charged it to Pete's room key. So you can do that at any Anyone you stay at on Walt Disney property, even if you're not staying there, you can use your key to. And what does it cost? Eleven fifty an hour. That's not bad. What did she have for dinner? Chicken, chicken nuggets, a cookie, lemonade. But she was happy. Yeah, she was happy. Yeah. You think she's just getting more comfortable going to these places? I don't know. I think I I think it's just like we said last time. It's luck of the draw. What other children are in there? Mm-hmm. If they're now, the know. last time the toy selection was very good, from what I remember, mm-hmm. she came out saying that that was the best toy selection. Well, this one, this one topped it. This one topped because it because it had every littlest pet shop animal you could imagine mm-hmm. was in there, and they, it was just lined with toys. And they had um, TVs on both ends with video games. She said the Wii didn't work. She was disappointed that the well, she, her words were they didn't know how to work the remote. <laughs> so I don't know if it really didn't work or <laughs> so, but good time. She had a good time. She's looking forward to the next one. Excellent. I have a feeling we're going to find out none of these are a miss. I yeah. can't imagine any of them being bad. I think you're right. And I've did just on a side note. Um, Universal has kids care too. And uh, but then you say you have to be a resort guest. No, to you use don't. It? I found out today you don't. Oh, okay, good. No, you don't. That would be good to know. I think what it's going to come down to for most folks is what's going to be convenient for them. You know, where are you staying right. with, or where are you going to that evening that makes it more convenient to leave the yeah, kid Yeah, because they're all basically out. the same hours. Same um, hours, same price. Same hours, same price, same – except you know, Swan Dolphin obviously being non-Disney was slightly different. What did you say happens if you get there after midnight? Because I know you were rushing back. Well, at Swan Dolphin they told me um, you're charged – what did I say? I think it was five bucks a minute. Yeah, there was it was a very high price. It was really high per minute, and I, the wow. other ones that I wasn't given a price if I was late, and we weren't late. I've never seen Pete run before, but we ran. <laughs> <laughs> we were running. Stopping for a smoke every couple of feet. <laughs> she had a good time though. That's good to hear. Thank you very much, Teresa. That is an excellent report. And let's move on to Kathy. Kathy, you had a chance to do the Kim Possible interactive adventure at Epcot. And so far, the reports back from this have been really great. So we'd like to hear your take on it. 
We've gone now two weekends. My daughter, I always had to like drag her to Epcot because she didn't like to go, even though that's my favorite park. We've been back two weekends and we plan to go again this weekend to do some more of the Kim Possible adventures. There's a couple places you can sign up to get what looks like a fast pass, which I guess eventually is what it's going to be. But for right now, there's not a lot of people that are doing it. But you would get a fast pass. Like the first time we went to Innoventions and got our, you swipe your park ticket, I guess, so they know who has it. And then you're sent to a country. The first time we were sent to Norway. So where did you go first to get your ticket? Or where do people go to start this process? We went to Innoventions, but you could go to any of the kiosks. There's one on that walkway between Future World and World Showcase. There's one in Norway. There's It's like every two or three countries. What does it yeah. look like? It's just a bunch of um, like kiosks that have TV screens on it. And we found when I went home and looked at my pictures that because there's no place on the Times Guide or in the park that tell you where these kiosks are located. But if you look at the one between Future World and World Showcase, above the kiosk, they have a little um, like map that shows you where the countries are that you can go to. So we decided after we went back on Saturday that typically when we go into World Showcase, we turn right. Mm-hmm. It would be better if you turned left because then you wouldn't have to come back and do one. But they have these kiosks, and when you get up there, they um, and it's your time, the cast member hands you your um, communicator, which is an LG phone with uh, a few different buttons on there. But then you step away from the booth, and they, they walk you through what you're supposed to do. And then you step, you go to the country, and we just, the first time we did it, we just went where the communicator told us to go. But apparently you can also ask to do it in a certain country. And I'm sure once it starts catching on, it's probably going to be a little harder and you might have a wait to get there. But we started off in China. And I still wasn't too sure how I was going to like this until we got to our first clue. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty clever because... The last time we went, we saw all kind of people with it. But if you were just there to see the sites in Epcot, you would never know that there is a game going on in Epcot. And the clues that they have are just downright awesome. That you're just standing there going, wow. Now, how do the clues come to you? Are they audio clues or are they text? They're on your communicator and you look up on the screen and they have the the characters from Kim Possible talking to you. And then at the bottom... There's text because somebody asked about what do you do if you're hearing impaired. So when we went back on Saturday, we asked, and I said, either you just hold it up to your ear or um, you read the text. And some of them are apparently from on the Diz or a little more uh, text heavy. But it's just, you know, when you, when you do the little things and, and you see how they have it set up, because I don't want to give away the magic, but... To us, now we've done this two weekends, Germany by far was the best of all of them. And I think our first weekend, we enjoyed what they did. Some of them just seems like they, what was it, Japan uh, and Great Britain, we weren't as impressed as the first weekend. But you just go around and you, you follow the clues and then it gets you to 
now you've solved where they've hid the treasure or where the villain and somebody asked me what the name of the villains were and I'm not I don't remember those but it's really clever how it happens and again if you were just standing there seeing the sights in Epcot you wouldn't know that what was just revealed was part of this game so there is there's a uh, overall theme to this and there's a point to this you're not just going and finding different Right, there's a, there's a mission, a mission like in each one. Now, there was a really cool thing that happened to us when we were in France that is sort of like a little creepy, but it was, a, it was really awesome how they did what they did. So it's each mission, I guess, takes maybe 20, 30 minutes. So it's another way that if you've got family members that um, – you know, you have to drag them kicking and screaming into World Showcase because they think it's all educational. What was creepy? I think Kathy's trying not to give not away to too give much because yeah. she wants to believe it to be yeah. a surprise. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you when we're off the mic what well, happens. Well, what I think what we can tell people is that this isn't just about go here and read a plaque or go here and see something. When you go somewhere, something physical takes place. So you may go someplace and something may uh, make a sound. Or something may appear to you that is hidden. So it's very interactive and it's very in-depth. Am, right. I, am I describing and correctly? when it happens, then it like goes away so that the next person that does it gets to experience hmm. it for themselves. Now, when I was over there a couple of weeks ago, I could hear people's communicators talking to them. Is there a level of... Can you change the level of the sound? We didn't find a way to, to turn it down. Now, there, there may I have heard been, but two or three, you could hear them, little kids walking along and you could hear... Impossible talk, but I was really surprised because there were a lot of people again this weekend doing it. But like nobody goes, "Hey, check this!" Like everybody's in their own little world mm-hmm. as they're doing it. Like nobody's saying, "Like oh, it's over there." But I did find when we did, especially like China, that if you're a little more f- familiar with the pavilions, it helps when you play the game because they'll give you a clue on the screen and they'll say, you know, there'll be like a left arrow or something. And if you're not sure where that is it could take you longer to do it like my daughter had no clue where some of these things were and i knew where they were so that helped speed it up but i mean you could go back and they say that every time you go back the adventure would be a little bit different so you could go back you know however they're keeping track with your park ticket right what i would imagine so and and there's also supposed to be a cast member edition that you can go back and they have a different kind of an adventure it goes through there, but they take you through. Um, I was surprised they didn't take take you through as many gift shops, or it wasn't as heavily gift shopped as I thought it was going to be. That's good. But Usually, Disney tries to throw everybody in a gift shop. Go yeah. here and buy this, and you'll get your next clue. Really? <laughs> yeah. Look at the back of your seat. Yeah, it's and and the things that they like did have, like I said, they were just awesome. Germany, we were just. You know, blown away with the things that they had. Now, I know you don't want to give away, but just describe one of them to us. Describe the one in Germany that what happened. No, because, do the France one. No, do the easiest <laughs> one. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you the China one because I thought I thought you know that was the first one that we saw. The, so they have you go through the um, the pavilion and they have you at the the tomb warriors and then they have you come outside and there's some clues and then finally where the statue that they that you've been trying to find that the bad guys hid, it's in the lake there in the front of the thing and all of a sudden when you you stand there in front of the they tell you like where to stand and you hit your okay button and then all of a sudden you start to hear music and this little statue comes up out of the water 
and you go, oh, hey, that's pretty clever. And on your com- communicator, they're, they're like, wow, good job. You know, you found what you had. And then, you know, the music stops and the little thing goes back down into the water, you know. And so if you weren't, like, paying attention, you were just there visiting, you would have, like, missed it. Or if you're the next person to come up, you wouldn't have caught that that statue was the end to your... I think this is what impresses me the most about it. Like I said, it's not just go here and get this information. They've actually done this interactive element that seems to be triggered by these communicators, I think, which mm-hmm. I think is awesome. That's cool. It's real cool. Theme then, park version the of end, The Amazing Race. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, see, I would race. never do The Amazing Race, but I said after doing this, I could go back... You know, yeah, time and time fun. again. And then they have, like, part of your mission then, too, is to find the bin where the communicator, because you only use it in one country, and then you have to go back and get another one. They have the, where you drop them very cleverly disguised. Like in Germany, they look like two um, wine barrels that just has the little uh, Kim Possible insignia on it, and you lift the little door. Um in the UK, they had like this big garbage can that, you know, it, it's just really clever that it, you know, you could walk through Epcot, I said, and never know that this game was going on. But once you start playing it and you see all the clues you there, somebody really knocked themselves out. That's really cool. To do it. How are they keeping track of these communicators being returned? You're not giving a, um, a deposit on them or anything like that. Only thing I can figure is you just have to hope that when you put it in that bin that when the cast member comes by to collect them to take them back that somehow or other they take your name out of there is there something hanging off the side of it or something yeah i think that's just like a lock okay so that that makes the phone so bulky that you wouldn't stick it in your pocket but if you wanted to go to lunch because we we tried that out too that as we were in china where they're like hey let's take a a lunch break you just you know close the communicator Go have your lunch, and when you open it back up, it resumes like where you left off. So it's and you're not, not on a time frame. You don't have no. to finish it by a certain amount of time. No. So I said it's nice that if you know your kids are getting maybe a little fussy going through the parks, let them go do this for a little while, and probably they've got their, you know, they've taken a nice little break and they're ready to go tour the park again. It sounds like a lot of fun. This is one of those things I think we all, well, not all of us, but I poo-pooed and said, you know, Kim Possible, this is kind of silly. They, they're taking an older character that's kind of past its prime as far as um, how kids are watching TV these days. But they've managed to incorporate it into something that sounds really exciting that they can use for other characters that come along, too. I wanted no parts of this. I thought it was, you know, and then John goes, well, why don't you go over and check it out? And I'm like, oh, I I just, I don't want to do this. And we got there, and first thing they asked you, are you familiar with Kim Possible? Well, no. I don't know who she is, (laughs) you know. Um, Her little outfits are cute, though. The little cast members' outfits are like But you don't need to know that. It's, you know, you're just, you're a secret agent, and you're helping, you know, the team possible solve this so doesn't really matter who the characters no. are that's great i think it sounds like it's fun you all have to go over and try it you want to do it kevin no <laughs> <laughs> i thought it sounded really cheesy at first but go try after, it you, you'll be surprised cool. eventually we will i mean right now i can't so how long is this going on forever i guess until it's they did now until they decide to stop it oh, cool. and, and cool. now would probably be a better time because it, it hasn't really opened up to everybody yet and i think now's a better time than say like the middle of summer because now it's a little bit cooler out as you're running around through the 
the pavilions and stuff. Also, less people will be doing it because, I mean, right. what, what if you go up to that little fountain and there's a line of five people right. pressing their little communicators? Well, I think they're also limiting the number of people. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're going, right. Yeah. they're going to have fast passes once it's that, that's the what your little August, thing is. Because in the middle just, of August, you're going to complode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Did you run into anybody, like, at your little station or as far at as any of the clues? Was there people there that, like, you saw it while they were doing it? No. 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 I think to make it more exciting, they should put in snipers. <laughs> and make you drink along the way. <laughs> there you go. I think they should make it more like the Amazing Race. You'd have to like scale down one of the yeah, buildings right. or skydive. Chug the sake. Swim across this. Yeah, really. Eat, <laughs> eat these eyeballs or whatever they have. <laughs> Kathy, thank you very much for that report. We appreciate it. I hope people go and check it out. And uh, on the phone, we have Pete Werner. Pete has called in from Disneyland. He's out there... Uh, on a content gathering trip as well as uh, taking care of some business. Pete, how's it going? Oh, it is. Uh, well, I mean, it's always great to be in Disneyland, but uh, this rain has just been the bane of our existence since we got out here. We got out here last uh, Wednesday, and Wednesday was a gorgeous day. We actually were able to get some stuff done. Saw Fantasmic Wednesday night. We did the Fantasmic dessert party, which was a lot of fun. And uh, had dinner at the Blue Bayou, which was not quite so good. Uh, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and now today, Monday. Uh, it has just rained and rained and rained. And I feel bad because the uh, the folks here in Southern California really need this this rain. Um, I, I think we all saw in the news last year the effects the drought was having uh, in terms of the terrible fires they were having here last year. So, I mean, they really, really do need this rain, but... It's just, I, I, why I couldn't have waited a week, I don't know. It's just like I brought it out with me. However, the downside of this is I've been watching they're having mudslides now. So, you know, when it's yeah, too much well, rain. That's what I said to Walter was that these poor guys are screwed one way or the other. Whether it rains or doesn't rain, they end up they end up having problems. But uh, How have the parks been? It, have they been crowded with the rain? or? Um, no, I mean, really kind of scary how crowded they haven't been. Uh, Saturday... We uh, we were in the parks. Now you figure, uh, you know, because Disneyland is a is a, a local park. A lot of their business comes from people who live locally. Saturdays are usually very very busy days. We walked right on to Indiana Jones. Wow. Um, there was a posted ten minute wait, uh, but the only reason it was a ten minute wait because that's how long it takes you to walk through the queue. <laughs> it really does. It's a long it's queue. A long queue. That is like the longest queue ever created. Probably the best theme queue ever created, but it's the longest. Um, How was your back after riding that ride? Actually, it was funny because I was telling the guys, we met with our Disneyland correspondents last night for dinner at Steakhouse 55, and I was telling them that, you know, my back has been kind of bothering me quite a bit this trip because I've been lugging that camera around. And the camera takes great pictures, but it's it's heavy. Um, and uh, while we were on Indiana Jones, my lower back popped and uh, felt great ever since. <laughs> so, uh, oh, you could ride it like a hundred times like that woman at Yeah, at, uh, yeah well, you know, that's exactly, what some, that's exactly what uh, Tony Spatel said, um, that maybe I should submit the bill for this trip to the insurance company as, uh, <laughs> as medical necessity. But, uh, no, nah, it's been, you know, we in spite of the rain, we've had a great time, and we've been getting a lot done. Uh, I've been blogging and uh, updating my Facebook page as we've been... Uh, going through our, our trip uh, absolutely so far the best experience we've had 
was the VIP tour at Universal Studios. When I tell you I was so blown away by this, anybody who comes out here that does not go, we're going to talk about it next week on the show, but anybody who comes out here that does not do that is crazy. If, as long as you have kids that are o- over, I think it's 16, uh, this was, you really get to go behind the scenes of an actual working movie studio, not the make-believe stuff we have out in Orlando. Were you really on the set of Desperate Housewives? I'm sorry? Were you really on the set of Desperate Housewives? Yes, we, we, uh, we, we did. We drove down uh, Wisteria Lane. Um, and what's nice when you're doing the VIP tour is that, and we weren't able to get out of the, uh, the, the car on Wisteria Lane, but they go really, really slow. So you can take plenty of pictures and plenty of video. And yeah, we saw everybody's house. We saw Bree's house. We saw Susan's house. We saw oh. everything. I mean, it was so cool. Um, Did you see the the house with the two marginalized gay guys? Yes, yes. <laughs> and it's painted lavender. It's lavender. Oh my um, god! But uh, I also uh, I lost my cell phone in an earthquake. My, oh, no. uh, we, you know, you know how with uh, at Universal out here. Uh, Earthquake and Jaws are not separate attractions. They're part of the backlot tour. And we went in and to do, we were doing the, the Earthquake piece, and my iPhone fell out of my pocket, and I felt it. It was happened just as we were pulling out. And I, you know, obviously me and my iPhone, I went into a, a god awful panic. And uh, they called and said, you know, go check the attraction. And when we got back to our base area before we went to lunch, they said they found the phone, somebody was breaking it up, and the guy who brought me my phone is the head of the VIP tours out there, and he was also the guy, as a kid, he played uh, uh, Brighton Sheffield on The Nanny with uh, Fran Drescher. That's so cool. It was really wild. So I'm looking at him going, like, you look kind of familiar, I'm saying to myself. And then our tour guide said something to, to me afterwards. He goes, you know who that is? And I, you know, almost said, oh, how the mighty have fallen, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was that mighty to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, actually, I, I, I checked his uh, IMDB page, and uh, he still acts. He's, still, he's been in a lot of stuff. And I guess this is just something else he does. But uh, How many people were on If he's in charge of the VIP tours, let me tell you, he's doing a great job. Because huh. that VIP tour was worth, it was the most value I have ever gotten for a behind-the-scenes tour, ever. How many people were on the tour with you? There was a, I think there was a, about nine of us. The max is 16. So it's a very small group. Um, it's $200, which is exactly what we paid for the Backstage Magic Tour. Same amount of time. It's a seven-hour tour. The first half of it, the first three hours, they take you on the backlot. Now, you do the regular backlot tour, but you also get to go places. They don't go on the backlot tour. For example, we were able to get out and go onto the set of uh, the NBC series Life, which I've never watched, but we were actually on their set and walking around their set and taking pictures and sitting in their chairs, and they were showing us how everything is set up, where the cameras are, how the show is shot. We went into the prop, uh, the prop warehouse, which was unbelievable. It's one of five prop warehouses that they have, um, and... Everybody, all the studios, not just NBC Universal, but everybody uses this prop warehouse. We were seeing tags 
what they do is the uh, the set decorators come in, and they have these big carts. It's like a shopping cart. And they go up and down the aisles, and they take the things they want, or they tag the things they want to hold. So we were seeing things that were tagged for, like, Grey's Anatomy and uh, Two and a Half Men and all these other shows. And it's everything. I mean, salt and pepper shakers and every type of china and dishware. And it was amazing. And, you know, all this stuff that, he, you know, the tour guide was showing us, you know, this was a prop used in Pirates of the Caribbean, and this was a prop used in this movie, and this is used in this television show. And it was just, it was fascinating because you're actually there in a real, like I said, a real working uh, studio. Wow, it's pretty cool. And uh, so for $200, you get admission to the park, you get 25% off all your merchandise purchases and food purchases for the day. Um, they serve you a gourmet buffet lunch that was out of this world, and it's a private lunch just for your group. It's not in a restaurant with other people. It's just for you guys. And for an additional $25, we were able to upgrade to an annual pass. Wow. So it was by far, it was it was a great value for the money. Um, and then on the second half of the tour, after they get done doing the back lot, they backdoor you onto every attraction. So we were able to get on every. Pete, during the, the we had that really they had the really bad fire out there where they lost a lot of their uh, film archives. Part of the backlot supposedly uh, burnt down, but they just reopened it. Were you able to see that portion uh, yes. during your tour? Yeah, we drove past it. Uh, they don't go through it yet because it's still being rebuilt. Um, but uh, they, uh, they they say this summer it'll be completed. Uh, but, but yeah, we were able to see like we were pretty close to it. Seeing uh, where they were rebuilding Courthouse Square, um, and actually, I have video of this in the—I think it was in the prop shop. It was in one of the shops we went into. Because we went into the prop shop, we went into the uh, set design shop where they actually build set pieces. Um, we saw the clock face. They were able to salvage the clock face from the Back to the Future courthouse scene. Cool. That's um, cool. But they're rebuilding all that. They're uh, updating all that. Uh, you have no idea how many movies were shot there. Uh, all all the exterior shots for Seinfeld, the New York uh, the the New York scenes of Seinfeld were all shot there on that back lot. Um, it's amazing. It's just the, the the as you go through, and we had this amazing tour guide. His name was Will. Will's been doing this for ten years, and when I tell you this guy was beyond phenomenal, uh, took pictures of us while we were going through, and then emailed everybody their pictures the next day. Um, it was just, I'm telling you, it was of all the behind-the-scenes tours I have taken at theme parks over the years, nothing, nothing, nothing compares to this. And while I really enjoyed the Backstage Magic Tour at Disney, when I think that that was the same price as this, this blows it out of the water. It is not even a comparison. So anybody who comes out here, anybody who comes out here, you must, 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 must do the VIP tour at Universal. It is so worth the money. You will thank me for it. Awesome. Awesome. Um, let me ask you, have you had a chance to ride the new Small World attraction out in Disneyland yet? Yes, we did. Uh, we went through it. Uh, we got through it on Friday, and uh, we have video of it going up on the site as soon as I can get the video up. I've got it all edited. It's just uh, compressing it down for YouTube has been a, a challenge. Um, but uh, we did go through it, and we saw all the additions. Uh, uh, Alice in Wonderland, Aladdin, uh, 
uh, Woody from Toy Story, uh, the Three Caballeros, and a few other ones. And I got to be honest, I'm I'm not as upset as some of the other people, some of the purists are, about them adding this. Uh, but I mean, it wasn't really. If I, I wasn't offended by this, but I really do understand why people are upset. Did you have uh, to? Did you have to look and search and find these characters, or were they in a spot where you saw them right away? Well, you know, it's hard for me to say because you know, the first time I went through, I was videotaping, so I was really focused more on the camera than I was on the attraction itself. The second time I went through, it was a little bit more obvious because I was looking. Um, my my, I guess my biggest complaint, and I put this in my blog yesterday. My biggest complaint is that. These characters are not germane to It's a Small World. Now, when they, when they updated Pirates of the Caribbean with Captain Jack Sparrow and, and Barbosa and the rest of it, it, that made sense because the movie was based on the ride and there was a cohesiveness there. There was a, a reason to put those characters in. This is simple branding. Hmm. And Disney is getting kind of dangerously close, in my opinion, to really over doing it, overstepping the boundaries, doing stuff like this. I mean, the next step, in my opinion, is they're going to have the small world characters holding bottles of Coke or something like that. Mm. Um, but, that you know, they were cute. They fit in with the whole motif. But, I mean, really, what what's the purpose of having the three caballeros? What's the purpose of having Aladdin and Jasmine? I agree uh, with you, Pete. Sense? I'm one of the purists. Disney has stated that this is to make this attraction relevant to this generation of kids. And I have to question, what's the point of that? It's been relevant for 40 years. Why is this generation different? I think there are other ways they could have made it relevant. This is also Uh, a timeless attraction. Any child who rides this ride immediately falls in love with it and wants to ride it over and over and over again. And I don't mean to overstate this, but that's like putting... A popular TV character That's like painting someone into the background of the Mona Lisa To make it more relevant And I'm not comparing it to Small World To the Mona Lisa But you know what I'm saying It's like taking right. any artwork And now all of a sudden adding in a, a contemporary character To make this generation Appreciate it more Well the one, the one argument that Disney makes That I think has some merit Is that these rides were never intended To be museum pieces and that they have to they have to refresh them and rehab them, and I'm I'm okay with that. Like I said, with Pirates of the Caribbean, you know that is my favorite attraction. And when they said, you know, when I heard they were going to be adding Captain Jack Sparrow, I think a lot of us were like, okay, come on now. And then when I saw it, I'm like, no, they did a really good job with this. It, it made sense. I didn't get that same feeling going through Small World. I got the feeling that, you know, you're just trying to solidify the brand. And that's not what you should be doing here. There were other ways I think they could have made Small World relevant uh, if they wanted to make changes to it. Uh, you know, and a great example of that is the uh, Sleeping Beauty Castle walkthrough, which we did. Uh, they preserved the whole uh, experience, but they updated the technology to really make it more appealing. And it's brilliant. And I think it. I think that is a great example of Disney updating for relevance. And Small World, I think, it's just too obvious they were going for branding. And like I said, the next thing, you know, the next step looks to me like they're going to have characters 
holding bottles of Coca-Cola or something. Right. So, but, I mean, it was, uh, you know, but, I, I mean, I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't overly offended. I wasn't pounding my chest. But I didn't walk away feeling like, okay, that was a, that was a good thing to do. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think it was, but, uh, you know, especially out here though, to do it out here, I think they might've gotten away with it a little bit easier had they done this in world. It's almost sacrosanct out there. Out here it is. Yeah. You are treading on holy territory. And, uh, the original artist's family. I respect that. I do. The original art, Mary Blair's family, uh, specifically Mary Blair's son has come out four square against it. And I kind of agree with him. I can see why. I can see why. Uh, it's it's unfortunate. It's it's. But you know, this is what Disney does, and you know, it's they're in a catch twenty two. Anytime they update an attraction, uh, there is a there is a a group uh, of people that wish they wouldn't or don't want them to. So I don't I, I don't know that there's a win win for them anywhere here, but. Did you like see? I said, you know, when you compare it to what they did with Pirates, and you compare it to what they did, and especially the Sleeping Beauty Castle walkthrough, it was, that's terrific. I mean, wait till you see the video. It's just really tremendous what they did. Well, they did it with Haunted Mansion, too, and made that more technologically advanced. Right, exactly. And I think those are the ways that they can keep these things relevant. Um, I don't believe I don't believe the argument that this was done for relevance I think it was done for branding. Right. It's not like they put Stitch in Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. And, well, that was the other thing that just did not belong there. I mean, the, the Lilo and Stitch piece was like, that really stuck out to me like a sore thumb. Mm. It just didn't belong there. Or did you see anybody protesting? There's talks of when it first opened, people were going to protest. No. No, nothing like that at all. It was raining too hard. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to protest, but it was inconvenient. Us Disney fans don't like to be inconvenienced. <laughs> I want you to know the sun just came out. Are you going to run and get outside now? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm standing outside just to enjoy it for a moment because it's only going to last for about a half an hour according to, to the weather forecast. Uh, Anything else you want to share with the listeners about California and what you've seen? Um, let me see. Have y'all been to California Adventure yet to see any of the updates they've been doing? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that, Corey. We uh, we actually did go into the uh, the preview center. Um, the uh, the the first round of updates to California Adventure will be ready by the end of this year. Um, they're going to be coming online in waves uh, at the end of this year, then in 2010, 2011, and it'll be finished in 2012. Uh, and I'm interested to see how it turns out. They're, uh, they're redoing the whole boardwalk area. They're redoing a few of the rides. Um, from what we're hearing, they're putting in a, uh, a land based on the Cars movie, right. which is, uh, from what we've been told, is going to be unbelievable. That they're going to put some attractions in there that are going to be really pretty, pretty mind-blowing. So they have to do something with it because it really is... That is a despised park among the locals. I just, talking to our Disneyland folks, our Disneyland correspondents last night, over dinner, they really don't like that park. It is amazing how much they dislike California Adventure out here. Uh, so let's see, you know, we're, we're going to see what a billion dollars buys. But, uh, you know, the, the preview center is open. It's right outside the uh, Wine Country Trotteria. And... Uh, 
you know, we'll see. We'll see how it comes out. Are any of their attractions closed right now while they're redoing it? Yeah, the Ferris wheel is closed. Um, there's a lot of construction walls up. Okay. Uh, which really makes kind of taking pictures or shooting any video kind of difficult. Um, but, you know, the, the park is obviously under construction, and there's a lot of it going on. Um, I'm really excited to see what they do with this uh, this nighttime water show they're going to put together. It looks like it's going to be the the uh, the artist rendering that they had in the preview center look pretty spectacular. It looks like it's going to be something something awesome. So I'm real excited to see what they do because I'm I'm one of the few people that really I like California Adventure. Yeah, I liked it too. I like so, how open it is. I like how open it is, and I, you know, you know, and I said this in the show before, and we were talking about this last night, that California Adventure is great for people who don't come from California. Right. Uh, I guess that you know, and I guess the way, best way you know I could uh, compare it is if they opened up you know a, a theme park in Orlando based around Florida, we'd roll our eyes and be like, you know, we can see this anytime we want, and. You know, but Disneyland being such a local park, the, the, the local ownership in this park is so heavy and so vested that uh, these guys these guys live the California experience every day. Um, so they're not they're not interested in going to a theme park to see that. But uh, but yeah, we went there briefly. We haven't had a chance to spend a lot of time in California Adventure. Um, Simply because, like I said, there really isn't that much there for us to videotape or take photos of because there's all these construction walls up. And it's also going to be outdated pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's going to be dated very, very, very quickly. But uh, overall, it's been, like I said, with the with the sole exception of the weather, it has been uh, it's been a great uh, it's been a great visit. Well, that's good to hear. We did, extend, we did extend our trip through Sunday in hopes that we can get a few more sunny days. Well, we hope the weather turns around for you guys, and we hope you uh, have a good stay, and we look forward to having you back. I can't wait to come home. Well, I can't really say that, but it's <laughs> nice to see you guys again. Yeah. Who are you fooling? All right. <laughs> yeah, right. Thanks, Pete. We'll see you next week. See you. Bye, Pete. Bye, Pete. All right. Take care, everybody. And finally, we're going to talk to Will Perry and Kathy Whirling, who had a chance to do the Backstage Magic Tour that apparently Pete thinks stinks now. <laughs> that he's been out at the Universal. So, um, what'd you guys think? Well, yeah, Pete, me, Pete, and Kathy went along for this, and Walter, and Walter was there, and um, but yeah, Pete, Pete obviously thinks uh, it could have been better. Um, so we did the backstage magic tour at, at early nine a.m. that morning. Our tour guide was Nancy. She was great. She was uh, very knowledgeable. She answered a lot of questions. She knew we were wanting to take videos and pictures and um yeah, she did a really good job so about how many people were on your tour i forget there's probably 20 of us it was there was quite a few wow that's and, more than i thought and several repeat guests that had done this before yeah we started off early at epcot did the behind the scenes there um you know she taught us some interesting facts about the countries and you know how much room they have to grow which is kind of cool um i really don't want to tell you too much of this stuff because it's 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 neat to to go and and hear about it the first time for yourself while you're there take the damn tour yourself 
It is, I mean. <laughs> and I think anybody, I think the four of us at least, I mean, we had a pretty good knowledge of Disney, but I came away learning things that I didn't know and that I were I wasn't really impressed about. So it's worth going even if you think you know a lot about Disney. About how much time do you spend at Epcot? Before we move on to the next section. Uh, we were there, what, maybe an hour or yeah, so? Yeah, I'd say about an hour or so. It's pretty neat. I mean, they, they take you back backstage on a couple of attractions, American Pavilion. We spent uh, back there checking out the behind the scenes and, and seeing the, the whole contraption and just learning all kinds of really neat stuff about. When I took the tour, one of the things that fascinated me, <clears throat> excuse me, was there's the scene where um, uh, Benjamin Franklin, right, Benjamin Franklin is up. writing the Declaration of Independence. And there's crumpled up paper on the floor, like drafts that he's mm-hmm. crumpled up. And those are actual handwritten copies of the Declaration of Independence. Not originals, but they all have, even though they're crumpled up and you will never see them, they actually have the Declaration of Independence on that somebody has handwritten. Yeah. They go to that level of detail. She And she pointed that out also that he's wearing socks and you'd never see his socks, but... Uh, the animatronic characters are and I read Kevin's got a great description of this uh, tour you guys go read that you really get a real good idea of what yeah I read what, it what beforehand too just so I didn't like miss anything and you saw some different things than we did that's one of the things one of our readers actually wrote in about and said they were looking forward to review because I think the tour is going to be always a slightly different depending on your guide and what they're willing to show you that day. So what were some of the differences? Well, they they didn't take us to where um, Kevin got to see the, the Christmas decorations and the florists because Nancy mentioned this on the tour, but they try not to repeat things in each tour. And apparently now there's a Yuletide tour that takes you to where the Christmas stuff is. So we didn't get that part of the tour. But if you're really into details, your mind will be boggled when you take this backstage thing and especially you know when we got to the laundry part i think that that impressed everybody and you know how you can get impressed over laundry seems really hard to believe but when you go in there and you see what they do and like the uh the mechanical shop that where we went you come out of there thinking geez and they don't charge me more for my ticket I would agree with that. The, the 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 things that go on behind the scenes that people I, I don't not the common day visitor, but someone the casual visitor, I guess is the word I'm looking for, would never stop and think about. But right. the things that may go into making this all work, like clockwork, are astounding. Well, there are some huge operations that take part behind the scenes that you would never even think about or you know begin to think about. I mean, the laundry facility, like Kathy said, was just. So impressive, jaw-dropping the equipment that they have in there. We went uh, in the sewing department where they where they make the dresses and stuff. Now, I think you did that too, right? I was fascinated by that. Fascinated. Some neat equipment. Now, I thought, okay, this is this is all neat, but it's nothing really for me until we went back to the central shops, three hundred thousand square feet of where they build these floats and the wood shop, and and that really stunned me. I mean, so I think there's something in these tours for everyone. That was that was my favorite part by far, seeing where they build the floats and the ride cars. There were, it was silly little things that just sort of took your breath away for a second. I, we were in the sewing shop, and as you first enter, there's an office where the, um, the receptionist, the person who greets you, sits. And there were the princess's wedding dresses. And those were the dresses that they were wearing in that current parade. 
and they were exact replicas. Half size. Right. Right. And Will had to identify who the the princesses (laughs) were. (laughs) Yeah, they made me name them. But what was funny was those are exact half size replicas. So if you just doubled all of the dimensions, you could recreate the princess dresses. And I thought that was fascinating that they had done that down to that detail. And every detail, right? Like she lifted up the dress. Right. And, yeah, it was all. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's too much detail. When they're when they, they they talked about the princesses being dressed, and all you see is the outside. However, that that level of detail goes right down to what you can't see. So it, it, there's no there's no corners cut. Everything like princess panties and everything. Everything, oh. mm-hmm. well, everything, right panties, down to but... the finest detail. Um, the other thing that really impressed Cinderella me Cinderella has a mole on her hip. <laughs> every person has to have. For instance, so that every costume looks exactly the same um, for every cast member who's doing the same job. What they do is there's this huge machine with, and the the, the fabric that they're going to be used is. They're rolled out, and this is not fabric like you would buy in a fabric store. These are huge yards and yards and yards wide, and it's rolled out onto this machine, and then a layer of plastic is vacuum-packed down on top of it, and it's laser-cut from the bottom so that every single piece, Kathy and I doing the same job, would not wear the same size uniform, but they want the uniforms or the costumes to be identical. So what they're what they've done is they've they're laser cut. They're not cut by hand anymore. So that each piece, it, so when it's bundled up and it goes to a seamstress to put it together, they're identical. So even though we wear different sizes, when they come out, they would look exactly the same. So that everybody who works the tram has the exact right. same outfit. Everybody who works the Wilderness Lodge looks exactly the same. Now between the locations, you rode a bus. Mm-hmm. Um. One of the things that someone asked us was, uh, what did you think about if they were handicapped accessible or not? Was this tour handicapped accessible? I don't, I don't think – I know our bus wasn't unless okay. I missed something I, That's bus. what I missed. I missed the bus. Now, there's a lot of you, – you're constantly having to kind of catch up, at least I thought. Um, so there's a lot of walking, a lot of – I don't know. I mean, I think Disney would definitely accommodate – Anybody with, with? I would imagine if you called ahead of time and said I need special assistance, they'll yeah. provide a bus that mm-hmm. has that. However, I believe that you guys said is that there's a lot of on and off the bus, and there's a lot of uh, walking around different areas. So I think is some some restrictions on mobility. We had brought an extra cart that day, and we weren't sure where we were going to leave them. Bob used a cart, and I was having knee problems at the time I did it, and. If we had had to take that cart on and off the bus, it would have made the tr- the the tour tour that much longer. And I can imagine the same would be true of someone using a wheelchair. It would it would make the tour that much longer. I think if you're going to do the if there's, I assume that there it's handicapped accessible. None of the places that we went had barriers. I think the barrier would be the bus getting on and off the bus. Excellent. Do you guys think this is worth it? People should do this? Oh, most definitely. If you're at all interested in, like, the inner workings of, you know, how they do all this stuff, you know, I I can think of loads of people that would, you know, enjoy this. The funny thing about this tour, too, is that even though it's a backstage tour and they show you uh, backstage areas, 
it's still sanitized, so to speak. You're you're seeing areas they want you to oh, see. Right, still, right, you're not really right. seeing the nitty gritty backstage stuff. So, um, but you get it's still a show. Yeah, absolutely, still a show. They're you know they're only going to show you certain things, and you know there's a lot of places you can't go. But if you're a fan of Disney, um, I would highly recommend this, just because you will really see the operations gaining new respect. See how much Disney does for their cast members. Like we. You know, we were underneath the infamous tunnels, you know, and they we walked by the learning facility, and you could see cast members in there for free on computers. You know, you really get a good idea of how well Disney takes care of their people. So They were animatronic. <laughs> they weren't really cast members. I think if the minutia of Disney fascinates you. Which I think most of the people who listen to our podcast and come to our boards, they right. really want that minutia. Right. This is not the the general stuff. This is the, the details. Um the, the facade of the American adventure is the bricks for the facade of the American adventure are made in the exact same way they were made in the 1700s with Georgia clay. So Who's Georgia clay. <laughs> <laughs> they're made out of clay from Georgia. Oh, oh but you learn all kinds of stuff like that. You it's know, a good sp- thing. You're pretty. You know. um, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, I, I, we were when we were over to Epcot yesterday talking about the bricks and then the door that when you look at the doors on the American Adventure, they look like a regular door. And I says to my daughter, I says, do you see something different about that door? And she goes, no, it's a door. I says, just keep walking. And it wasn't until she like got up on the door that you realized how much oversized that door really and is. That the creates, forced perspective. Right. right. That makes the building look that much bigger. Right. It's really like seven stories tall, but it looks three. Yeah. So I was I found the whole thing fascinating. I couldn't get enough of it, and I really went into that. You know how you said you didn't want to do the Kim Possible thing? I had no no desire to do this when they first asked me to do it, and I thought I know what I need to know. I was fascinated. Well, go read Kevin's review because it's it's really yeah, good it's about very the tour. Good. So yeah, excellent, great. Well, it sounds like a great tour. It sounds like um, we can uh, highly recommend it for even going back and doing it again. And that's going to do it for this week's show. I thank everybody for listening, and I hope you uh, tune in tomorrow for our email edition of the Diz Unplugged. But until then, have a great week.